Nice Checks and Wheat Checks, the bite-sized cereals in the red and white checkerboard packages present Space Patrol! High adventure in the wild, vast reaches of space. Missions of daring in the name of interplanetary justice. Travel into the future with Buzz Corey, Commander-in-Chief of the Space Patrol! In today's transcribed adventure, Buzz and Happy have just made an amazing discovery in an unexplored region of the planet Earth and are now descending a mountain with their spaceship carrying a metal chest. I'd like to open this chest right now, Commander. Maybe it'll explain the whole mystery. If you look, we'll probably have to use an atomic torch. I just think if it hadn't been for that earthquake, the secret would have never been discovered. Just that. It's going to be tricky getting around this overhang. If you drop this box, it'll go shooting down the mountain like... Hey, Commander, what's that? I don't know. Some of these tropical birds make some weird noises. Matt, look above us. The rock's giving way. Oh, the rocket is another quake. We've got to get away from here fast. The whole top of the mountain's coming down on us. We'll return in just a moment with today's exciting space patrol adventure, The Strange Voyager. Space patrollers, this is the very last time we can offer you our sensational cosmic rocket launcher. Right, Hap? Right. So if you haven't sent for yours yet, you better do it right now. Gang, you can float it or fly it. Smoking rockets, you sure can't have a lot of fun with the Space Patrol Cosmic Rocket Launcher. Here's what you get. A swell red and yellow plastic rocket and a neat snap-on scout car. A stainless steel launching gun and a break-proof guide cord 33 feet long. To fly it, you just press the trigger on the launching gun. And down the guide cord, that rocket flies lightning fast. It hits its target and automatically releases the snap-on scout car. To float it, you remove the rocket from the steel launching gun, detach the scout car, fill up a tub or basin with water, and send the rocket scooting over the surface. And space patrollers, don't forget, there's a special place inside the scout car for secret messages. Now, you can set up a window-to-window communication system with a pal next door. Jumping Jupiter, owning a cosmic rocket launcher means fun for you. Now, don't miss out. Remember, this is the last time we can tell you how to get one. Go ahead, Captain Twofeld. Tell them how. Just send a rice checks or wheat checks box top, together with your name and address and 25 cents in coin, to Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. Don't forget your 25 cents. That's Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. This offer good only in the USA and may be withdrawn at any time. And now, today's Space Patrol adventure, The Strange Voyager. The city of Amazonia is known throughout the solar system as the largest spaceport on the South American continent. From the reclaimed forests, jungles, and plains of the vast Amazon Valley, food supplies pour into Amazonia for shipment all over the Earth and to other planets as well. A recent earthquake centering a few hundred miles from the city has caused damage to some outlying settlements and commercial installations. Commander Corey and Happy are in Amazonia, ostensibly to supervise relief operations, but chiefly to investigate a mysterious signal that has baffled communications experts. While Happy monitors the space upon receiver, Buzz heads the Terra Five toward the point where the last mysterious signal was heard. Below them, the lush forests have given way to dry, scraggly brush, clinging to the slopes of mountains. We're close to the source now, Happy, somewhere in that range right ahead of us. The signal ought to be popping on pretty soon. Yeah, 1435, just 25 and a half hours since the last signal. I've got the direct indicator all set to me. The instant the signal sounds, we'll pinpoint the transmitter. We'll get a few seconds to go. It ought to be coming through now. 
Are you sure you've got the exact frequency here? Yes, sir. I've got the scanner on just in case. Strange. In the last few days, that signal has given a 25 and a half hour interval to the split Well, if somebody's stranded out here, maybe they'll see our ship and contact us. It could be anywhere within a 50 square mile area. Look at that peak over there to the left. Huh? See that raw star on the side? Yes, sir. The earthquake must have caused a landslide there. Yeah, it really shook things up out here. Look, there's a spaceship down there. Maybe that's where the signal's been coming from. The ship must be stranded. I understand. Whoever's down there must have been unable to send a regular distress call. The signal was probably from an automatic transmitter. Now it cut out. We'll land and investigate. A moment later, Buzz lands with Terra 5 close to the other spaceship. He and Happy climb down the ladder and make their way toward the private cruiser. It sure looks deserted, Commander. This is an awful thought, but... Whoever was in that ship might have been trapped by the landslide. I don't think so. If the ship had been here when the slide occurred, it would have been partly buried. Cruiser landed later. Yeah, you're right. We'll go aboard and look around. There's someone up in the mountainside. Yeah, and he's coming toward us. Ahoy there! Commander, do you see who that is? Yes, it's your talkative friend, Herbert Harrison. The fellow who works for Universal Biological. Yeah, the guy who got on my ear back at the communications center. Of all the people to run into clear out here, he's pretty excited. Look at him bound down that mountain. He'll break his fool neck if he isn't careful. Commander! Commander! Oh, I couldn't be happy if you see anyone. This is amazing. How did you happen to come here? We were on a, a routine search and saw your ship. Porn and I were looking for biologicals. Porn is my pilot. We were landed here to get some foil samples. And we came across this, this thing up there. Now, calm down, Harrison. What thing? Oh, wait till you see it. It's in, in sort of a cave. Porn's out there now. What's up there? Oh, you wouldn't believe it till you see it. Come on. Oh, well, can't you tell us what it is, Mr. Harrison? All I'm going to say is prepare yourself for the shock of here. here we are, Porn. Excuse me, the oh, Commander Corey, this is Matt Porn. Matt, this is good at happy. How do you do? Now, uh, what's this mystery? Uh, right there. Just inside the cave. Nothing rockets. There's a man in there. Yes, and that's not all. He is alive. Alive? In that closed cave? Suspended animation. Yeah, but how did he get in there? How, how long has he been there? Uh, oh, wait a minute, he... Happy. Harrison, how do you know he's alive? Just read what it says on the side of the case. See, it says in several languages, English, Spanish, German, Latin, French, and a lot of other ancient languages I can't read. Warning. This man is living under suspended animation. He can be revived. Instructions are in the steel cylinder fastened to the case. That's the thing here. But how long has he been in suspended animation? Look at his clothes. I've never seen anything like them. His clothes look like the type worn in Europe and the Americas in the middle part of the 20th century. The 20th century? Why, that's a thousand years ago. You mean he... Well, the commander, they didn't have suspended animation that long ago. Just like they did, cadet. I had a chance to read this whole fact. Somebody named Dr. Jarnigan put this fellow in here in the year 1954. Why, uh, then, uh, that would make your guess correct, commander, about the clothes, I mean. Oh, if we can revive him... Think, think what he could tell us about ancient history, about propeller-driven airplanes. Harrison, and how did you happen to find this cave? Well, uh, lucky accident. Porn and I saw this mountain from our ship. Uh, the quake damage and all. 
Just on the spur of the moment, I suggested we land and take some soil samples. For biologicals, you know, we're always looking for new cures for old diseases. We have this general area on our schedule, so we figured this is as good a place as any. Then Thorne saw the cave. I see. Harrison, did you or Thorne see any electronics equipment or hear any signals? No, no, did I? After it was set down the mountain by the landslide, it operated for a few days before it cut on. Sure. We'll probably find it buried at the base of the mountain. We'll worry about that later. The important thing right now is to get this man to a well-equipped medical center and revive him. If he can be revived. And Torn and I will do anything to help, Commander. Sure, sure. Now, good. It'll take the four of us to move that case down the mountain to our ship. Harrison, you and Thorne take that end of the case. Half and I'll take the front end. Carefully, the four men carry their strange burden down the side of the mountain toward the spaceship. At last, the precarious journey is finished. Buzz orders them to set the case down beside the terra fire. Set him down easy, man. Catch our breath and put him aboard the ship. Well, Commander, I suppose you'll be taking this fellow to Amazonia to the hospital there. Well, that's the nearest place, but the Terra Medical Center is much better equipped. Well, what? Oh, oh, that box in the cave. What box? A large chest of some kind back toward the rear of the cave. Uh, didn't you see it? Come to think of it, I remember something back there. And even if it's not needed to revive this man, it might contain valuable information. Now, let's get this man on the ship. Then we'll go back after that chair. All right, all together now. Thorn, watch out, huh? Oh, oh, my. Yeah, what's the matter? The lizard had bit me on the hand. I tried to warn him, sir. The lizard was right there by the corner of the cave. That's a poisonous variety, Thorn. We'll have to have that hand attended to right away and have to go aboard the ship and get the first aid kit. No, no, I'll be all right. That bite could give you a lot of trouble. So it'll take a minute to run a blood test and you'll know how to treat it. No, never mind. I'll be okay. Hey, Commander, I'll take care of him. After all, my firm manufactures medical drugs. I'll see that Thorne's hand is taken care of. I have complete facilities aboard my ship. Sure, Mr. Harrison will pick me up. Of course. In my work, you know, I have to be prepared for poisonous insects, plants, reptiles, ooh, everything. Thorn has had worse accidents than this. That's right, Commander. I'll be okay. All right, Harrison. You fix Thorn's hand. Happy now, go after the chef. Come on. Yes, sir. Nice work. As soon as we get out of sight, we'll load the case in our ship and blast off. Good age. We've got to make sure no one will ever look for us or for our sleeping friend. And then get rid of Corey and the cadet. Quick, tell the backs can use the disintegrator. Don't be a fool, boy. I'll wait till they're on their way back with the chest. Then I'll use the disintegrator to start a landslide. And then it'll look like an accident. Exactly. Now get in our ship and treat that hand of yours. I'll dispose of Corey. And no one will ever know about the secret in the case. We'll return to Space Patrol in just a moment. Hey, gang, I'm sure glad you tuned in today because this is positively, absolutely the last time I can tell you about the terrific Space Patrol Cosmic Rocket Launcher. And you're just in time, too, for the big Cosmic Rocket Race. Now, targets are all set up, and three of my Space Patrol pals are lined up behind the figures of their new Cosmic Rocket Launcher. All three of them have been training mighty hard the last couple of weeks, and now they're going to see who's the quickest on the trigger of the stainless steel launching gun. All ready? On target. Last off. <laughs> wow, Space Patrollers, you should have seen it. Three rockets traveling down three guide cords hit the target, and wham, automatically released the scout cars. And was it a close race? Hey, here comes the winner. Let's ask him how he got so fast on that launcher trigger. Practice, Captain. He fell over and over. 
hold a rocket and snap on stout car, I'll break through plastic. You can shoot the rocket as often as you like. And the nylon launching cord, that breaks through too. That's the real trigger action, there's plenty of it. Packed right into that steel launching gun. Yes, you bet there is. And Space Patrol is your in for plenty of action, too, when you get a cosmic rocket launcher of your very own. But you better hurry, because this is the very last time I can tell you how to get one. Yet the last time on Space Patrol for the cosmic rocket launcher. So right away, today, send a life check or wheat check, box top, together with your name and address and 25 cents in coin to Space Patrol, box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. Don't forget your 25 cents. That's Space Patrol, box 686, St. Louis, Missouri, and hurry! And now back to our Space Patrol adventure, The Strange Voyager. An earthquake in the interior of the South American continent on the planet Earth has uncovered a secret cave. In the cave, Buzz and Happy have found a transparent plastic case containing a man who, according to an inscription, has been in suspended animation for ten centuries. With the help of Herbert Harrison and Matt Thorne, who claim to be employees of a firm specializing in biologicals, Buzz and Happy carry the case down the mountain to their spaceship. Then the two space patrollers return to the cave to retrieve a metal chest. Right now, Buzz and Happy are working their way down the mountain with a heavy box, unaware that Harrison plans to cause a landslide with a disintegrator. Watch your step. It'll be tricky getting around this overhang. Yeah, if we drop this box, it'll go bouncing down the mountain. Let... Commander, what's that? I don't know. Some of these tropical birds make some weird noises, but... Commander, Matt, look up above it. The rock's giving way. The rock is another quake. The whole top of the mountain's coming down. And that's back against this overhang. What if the rock doesn't hold? It's our only chance. Hold tight. completely over, down into the valley. If it wasn't for the shelf of rock, we'd be buried under tons of earth. Commander, the box. It's gone. Oh, yes, sir. Down there in the last time. When we get down the mountain to the ship, we'll call the space patrol unit from Amazonia to look for it. Come on, let's get off the mountain before there's another landslide. Meantime, at the base of the mountain, Herbert Harrison clutches his disintegrator and peers intently at the swirling clouds of dust following the landslide. As the dust settles, Matt Thorne, Harrison's pilot, steps out of the private cruiser and walks toward the plastic case containing a man who's been sleeping for a thousand years. Thorne, where are you going? Please into our ship. That can wait. Look. Corey and the cadet. Yes, they survived the lens line. They finish him off with a disintegrator. No, not now, you idiot. Do you want to spoil more than a thousand years of planning? But here they come. Let them. It's our job to keep this mystery localized. Localized in this solar system until we can get away, understand? Yes, sure, I understand. Then take this disintegrator. Get it out of sight. I'll handle for it from now on. Plan three is in operation. All right. I've lost my head for a minute. Oh, Commander Corey, cadet, you made it. Thorne and I have given you up for a lot. The landslide passed over. Well, how's Thorne's hand? He's tweeting it now, Commander. Nothing to worry about. He'll be all right. I appreciate your help, Harrison. Happy now I'll be able to handle things ourselves from here on. Uh, but the uh, man in the case, can you manage? Yes, ma'am. We'll get him aboard Terra 5 and blast off. Let's go. 
Many hours later, in an operating room of the paramedical center, Buzz, Happy, and Dr. Nathan Andros stand around the plastic case containing the figure of a man. Nearby is an open cylinder. The transparent plastic cover of the case has been removed. Buzz, Happy, and the doctor gaze intently at the placid features of a man who may have been sleeping for a thousand years. I followed the instructions in the cylinder, Commander. We should obtain results shortly, if we obtain them at all. And you didn't need anything in the chest that got lost? No, fortunately. Dr. Angel, the man's smiling. He is alive. Yes, Commander. The reviving procedure is amazingly similar to our present-day methods of terminating suspended animation. And according to Dr. Jarnigan's message, his name is David Stern. But who was this Dr. Jarnigan? And how did Dr. Jarnigan ever get him to agree to such a crazy idea like this? Well, that's something we won't know until the man wakes up. Dr. Andrew, when will that be? Well, the body temperature is nearly normal. The heart beat is increasing. The breathing is becoming deeper. And there's nothing abnormal about it? Well, no. Except for one thing. We have not been able to classify his blood. And he has an entirely different type of blood? Well, so it seems. Of course, the obvious explanation is that his blood was radically changed by the process that put him to sleep for a thousand years. Oh, sure. Hey, hey he's coming too. His eyes are open. Give you a terrific shock. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I hear you. No, I'm not Doctor Jonathan. You're in a hospital. We're carrying out Dr. Donnelly's instructions. Everything's all right. Sure. I know. What's the date? Uh, when did you fall asleep? I went to sleep in 1954. What year is it now? We'll have a nice chat Okay. Break it to me easy. What century? 30. Oh. I do feel sort of glad here. I guess it's a sleeping thousand years. It's just a dear Nothing else. He's asleep again. Amazing. I think it'll come as if he'd only awakened from one night's sleep. Maybe a reaction later. When he wakes up again, Dr. Randolph, call me. I'll be in the superintendent's office. In the secluded office in the administration section of the Terra Medical Center, Happy excitedly jots down questions to ask David Stern the man who actually lived on Earth in the 20th century. Commander Corey, however, seems gravely troubled. Something worrying you, Commander? Something about this stern case that doesn't ring true. It's Dr. Jarnigan, for example. He made a discovery nearly a thousand years ahead of his time. Yet none of our research experts can find any mention of a Dr. Jarnigan in an old 20th century medical record. He kept all of his work a secret. Possibly. Another thing. What happened to that space appearance? How did it happen that Harrison and Thorne were there before? Oh, they were looking for biologicals, though they came. But I checked in those two men. Universal Biologicals has no one named Herbert Harrison or Matt Thorne working for them. What? Then what's Harrison's game, anyway? I don't know. Yeah. But Harrison and Thorne aren't in South America hunting biologicals. They're right here in the mm. And you think they were in Amazonia for the same reason we were, to find the source of that signal? I think they found the transmitter and destroyed it. Why? Yes, Dr. Randolph, what is it? It's David Stern. He has disappeared. Disappeared? But you locked that room, Doctor. I did lock it, but the lock has been destroyed. There's a big hole in the door where the lock was. 
I've ordered the entire hospital search for up to the All right, Doctor, do that. But I don't think you'll find Stern but here. where could he be? I know two men who might be able to answer that question. Come on, Happy. Paramedical Center in a small apartment, two men carefully go over every inch of the walls and furniture with a small instrument that projects an almost invisible cone of violet light. A third man sits and stares at them, a placid smile on his face. Now, this about does it. I've covered everything with the eradicator beam. All right. Now, Stern, don't touch anything. Stern, do you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Let's get to the spaceport. Hmm? Oh, sure. What's the matter with you? Don't you realize you're going home, back to Vega, after a thousand years in the solar system? That's probably what he's been dreaming about. Hey, Stern? No. No, I was dreaming, but not about home. For a thousand years I've dreamed. What wonderful dreams. There's nothing anywhere in any galaxy as beautiful as those dreams. Well, we've got a job to do. When we get to Mars, we'll get aboard our star drive ship and head for Vega. With all the information Horn and I have gathered, the United Planets won't know they're in danger until our task force hits them. What could that be? Get turned into the next room. Go on, Stern. No one must see you here. All right. I'll tell you about my dream later. Now, whoever it is, I'll do the talking. Yes? Well... It's Commander Corey. This, this is the crowd. I figured it would be. You finished your search for biologicals very quickly, didn't you? I, I was called back by my friend. I'd like to talk to you. Mind if I come in? You come right in, both of you. Thanks. Come on, Captain. Yes, sir. Sit down, gentlemen. Yeah, make yourselves at home. How's your hand, phone? Oh, uh, just fine. Can I see it? I'd like to take a look at it. Completely here. Remarkable. I told you we were well-equipped to handle field emergencies. I see. Well, Harrison, I thought you might like to know about the suspended animation case. Oh, oh, the man in the cave. I was going to ask about him. How is he? He disappeared from the hospital. Why? Why came here? I thought you might help us find him. Why, I'd like to help if I can, but searching for missing persons is a little out of my line. What is your line, Harrison? I told you, biological. I'm field survey agent for Universal. They never heard of you or of Thorne. <laughs> there must be some mistake. Why, I've been with them for years. What's in the next room? Oh, yeah. Just a bedroom, Commander. And if I have a look? Come on, Captain. Stay right where you are, both of you, and get your hands up. Better do as Thorne says. Your solar system blood stuns are cool, but quite effective. And David Stern is here. Yes, but he won't be for long. Thorne and I are taking him home. That we dispose of you. And just where is Horn? Some other solar system, I suppose. You are right, Commander. Stern, Horn, and I are from the constellation we call Lyra. To be exact, from the planetary system of the star Vega. Not a lot. From another star system. Yes, Commander. If you hadn't escaped the landslide, Horn and I could have taken Stern away. And no one would have ever known that spies from another solar system had been among you. Well, then Stern hasn't been in suspended animation for a thousand years. Oh, yes, he has. But there never was a Dr. Jarnigan. Stern arrived on your planet Earth before your era of space travel. He lived among you, learned your ways, your weapons. So your people could attack us, is that it? Yes. In 1954, he was ready to turn to Vega. But this star drive wouldn't function, so he destroyed the ship and concealed himself in that mountain 
under suspended animation. Why all this hocus-pocus about Dr. Jarnigan and hiding the instructions in the cylinder? In case Stern was ever found, we wanted no one to suspect he came from another solar system. What about the space phone signal? Is that what brought you here from Vega? No. Torn and I have been here for about two years. The earthquake in South America opened Stern's hiding place. Yeah, Harris and I were on Mars at the time. We picked it up and came here to get Stern. Then you destroyed the pencil. No, it was destroyed automatically when we were within a few yards of it. That was part of the original plan. There must be nothing to suggest that David Stern was not of the solar system. The transmitter, because of its unique design and strange materials, would have given away our secret. And Happy and I are the only people in this system that know about the coming attack from Vega. That is correct. In a moment, both of you will disappear, be disintegrated. Then when Stern and Porn and I arrive at Vega with our data, our task force will blast off to conquer you. When do they expect you? They don't. Porn and I are one of a hundred scouting units scattered all over this galaxy. We are regarded as lost until we return. Let's finish them off and get going. All right, Horn. I'll get the disintegrators in the room with them. Keep them covered, Horn. I'll be right back. I'll get Harrison. I'll handle Horn. Yes, sir. Drop that blaster, Horn. Stern, get the disintegrators. Stern, do you hear me? I'm here, Harrison. Deep them, Abbott. I'll take care of everything, Harrison. Break loose, Horn. Break loose. Those Sterns can use the disintegrators. Let's go. Hurry, Stern. Let them have it. Sure. Everybody, stay right where you are. <laughs> He got Thorne and Harrison. Yes, Cadet. And this isn't a disintegrator. Would you see my friends are lying on the floor, asleep. Ah, please don't try to attack me, or I'll be forced to use this on you. Hold it, Hunter. Stern, what's that weapon you've been doing? Weapon? It's not a weapon. It's a blessing. If you only knew its effect, you'd beg me to use it on you. It knocked out your pals, Harrison and Thorne. They're asleep. Asleep the way you found me in the cave. Why'd you turn it on them instead of us? Because they're my friends. I want them to know the bliss of wonderful dreams. Everlasting dreams of beauty and peace. The dreams I enjoyed for a thousand years. And you don't want them to go back to Vega? No. My people would only return here and bring war and pain and sorrow. The solar system is safe from invasion. Now take that suit down with his hand and the curtain. Yes, sir. In just a moment, a preview of next week's exciting Space Patrol adventure brought to you by Nestle's Quick for the greatest tasting chocolate milk and those famous Nestle's chocolate bars. Last call! Last call! Space Patrollers, this is absolutely the last, the final time we'll ever be able to offer you the great cosmic rocket launcher. You've got to act fast. Now remember... Included in this terrific offer are the breakthrough plastic rocket, the stainless steel firing gun, the 33 feet of tough nylon cord, and the plastic scout car, which is launched automatically in midair. Yes, you get all of them, and here's what you do. Ask Mom to get the big brown and yellow can of Nestle's Quick, the product that makes the richest, most delicious chocolate milk in the universe. Then you send the special premium panel from the label, or the lid from the can of Quick, Together with your name and address and 25 cents in coin, to Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. That's Space Patrol, Box 686, St. Louis, Missouri. And do it right away, because this is the last call, last call. (laughs) 
And now, a preview of next week's exciting Space Patrol adventure. Buzz and Happy are locked in an airtight chamber on Neptune's third moon by a criminal trying to force them to reveal Space Patrol's secrets. Rorschach must be crazy. Just locking us up in here isn't going to make us talk. Listen. Hear that? Yes, sir. Sounds like some sort of a pump. You notice anything about the air in here? Now that you mention it, it's sort of hard to breathe. They're pumping the air out of the chamber. We've only got... We've only got two choices. Press the alarm button or suffocate. Be sure to join us next week for the thrilling story, The Red Demon of Venus. Space Patrol, created by Mike Moser, starring Ed Cameron as Commander Corey and Lynn Osborne as Cadet Happy, was written by Lou Houston, produced and directed by Larry Robertson, executive producer Mike Deborah. <laughs> Other players were Bela Kovach, Norman Jolly, and Jen Arban. Dick Tufel speaking. Now, don't forget to tune in next Saturday and every Saturday for exciting action on Space Patrol! Space Patrol was brought to you today by Rice Checks and Wheat Checks, the bite-sized cereals in the red and white checkerboard packages. Be sure to see another exciting Space Patrol program on your local ABC television station. Consult your newspaper for time and channel. This program is broadcast to our armed forces overseas through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Space Patrol came to you transcribed from Hollywood. This is ABC Radio Network. <laughs>